Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Nashville Tour Stop Podcast. My name is Aaron, and across the table from me today is uh, one of, I believe, our, I think you're our second guest to only use uh, one name. Ooh. Most people are first name, last name. Some people are first name, middle name, last name. Some people are band name. You are Tara. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Tara to the show, everybody. Thank you, Aaron. Hi, Tara. I'm so excited to be here talking with you. I'm excited to have you. We've been friends for a while. Yeah, yeah. I like to start all of our episodes the same way, or at least relatively the same way. Do you remember how me and you met? I do remember. Because I don't. Well, you met a lot of people. Can you refresh my memory? Can you tell me how we met? So it's fair that you don't remember. I met you because I slid in the tour stop DMs, baby. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> of course I did. Um, yeah, it was before I lived in Nashville, and I followed tour stop because I was trying to like, I don't know, do my research on all things Nashville, the cool places to be and play. What year did you move here? I moved here last year, twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty one. August twenty twenty one. But um, but yeah, and I, I was making a trip here, I guess in like. May 2021, something like that, before okay. I moved. So I like had DM'd tour stop, like, hey, like, I'm gonna be out there. I'd love to play. And then the rest is history. Here we are. Here we are. Here we are now. You've played a bunch of shows for me. You're now on the podcast. I know. It's like really full circle. I remember like when I before I even like really met you and was playing tour stop on that trip, I had made another trip and I was like, I gotta go check out tour stop. And I was just like a little <laughs> fangirl in the back of Belcourt, like, wow, look at all these cool people. What's cool is that knowing people listen and we actually for the first time booked a listener, Nick Rifkin. I know you're listening, buddy, all the way from <laughs> New Jersey came to play the show because he listened to the podcast. What? That's so wild. It, it's cool really getting cool. to know that uh, we're, we're doing something that people are listening to. And, and if you're one of those people that's listening to the show and you're like, hell, I want to go play Nashville tour stop. Yeah. We're not very red tapey. We like <laughs> no. our we like our we like our fans and we like to do cool shit for the people we like. You're like the most friendly, welcoming. I mean, like playing tour stop before I even moved and already knowing you, like it made me feel a lot more comfortable when I did move to town. Like, oh, like I have this connection and I've made so many friends at tour stop and it's been such a great opportunity to play. So thanks for that. Well, gas me up, girl. I will. <laughs> I'm going to be your hype woman. <laughs> well, uh, let's let's go backwards. Before before you and I met, let's talk about um, that, that Southern accent. Where are you from? I don't know what you're talking about. Um, I'm from North Carolina. <laughs> that is Southeastern a North thick Carolina. North Carolina accent. Yeah, I always get um, Alabama or like Kentucky. And I'm like, Mm-mm. no. I'm, Carolina I'm sorry girl. if you're listening from Alabama. I'm about to, I'm about to do my Al- <laughs> I'm about to do my Alabama <laughs> accent. Yeah, it's one of those. Yeah, yeah, no. North Carolina, you're you're kind of you're kind of like a. You got that molasses spilling out of your mouth. (laughs) (laughs) No, I feel like mine's not even bad compared to a lot of people where I'm from. But since I've moved to Nashville, it's weird. Like, I've gotten made fun of more than... I lived in in, uh, Raleigh in North Carolina before I moved here. And which, like, there's people there from, from everywhere that, like, aren't from the South. And I never really got made fun of that much, though. And here, I thought it would be, like... You know, because it's you thought it sound more southern. Yeah, and everybody's like, well, "Where are you from?" You thought you'd hear a lot more people singing about sugar shakers. <laughs> God, God, <laughs> Sorry, I don't FGL. need to hear any more people singing about <laughs> sugar shakers. So, how did you get your start in music? Did it did it come really early, or did you kind of pick it up later in life? Uh, really early. Like my mom, I was always saying, like I was singing before I could talk, which I bet. Everyone's mom says Mm -hmm. that. But, you know, my mom was always really into music. She sings a little bit. Um, She would sing in church. And I remember when I was like two, three years old, she just always had like cassette tapes playing and stuff. And I would I would sing along. Um, So I always loved to sing. And when I was like four or five, I was like, yeah, I'm going to be a singer. So then my parents put me in voice lessons when I was like eight. I did that for a few years. I would just sing. All Were you around in like the church my, choir and everything. Yeah, I did. The, I did the whole church thing. I um, would sing at like different festivals, like sing the national anthem at ball games. That's cool. But it was like in my super small town and and the areas surrounding it, which was still cool. How but many people? My town's like mm, less than fifteen hundred people. That's an actual small town. Yeah, no, it is. I love how many country singers are like, "I'm from a small town. It's called Chicago." And I'm like, <laughs> you can get 
out of here. <laughs> yeah, I know. People think like if it's like 30,000 people, I'm like, that's, I guess it is a small town compared to like Nashville, but I'm like, um, so like it's not really. No, if your town has more than five digits, yeah, like, it's not a small town. <laughs> yeah. My dad grew up in a town called Otterville, Missouri. Otterville. They had 300 people. Wow. He grew up in a literal one horse town. <laughs> All the listeners of the podcast. It's just the <laughs> entire town. If you want to know what an actual small town is, go to Otterville, Missouri. Like oh my God. My, uh, so their their town was so small that my dad and his, uh, I guess his parents, my grandparents and his brothers, they were actually like the popular family, not because they were like super cool, but because my grandpa is, and I guess is, was, whatever, a like a, a real handyman so he would fix stuff around the house but they had all the kids playing football in their yard and games and stuff he installed a water fountain outside so that uh kids weren't just drinking from the hose so they had an oh. actual push button water fountain outside of their house that is so cool and they and it put was it just there like... because my grandma didn't like all the neighborhood kids coming inside oh my gosh <laughs> so wait so then they just like drew all the they drew the all the other kids they became so popular cool. because they had a push button water fountain that's awesome that's I love that. small town america that's what makes that's it popular the american in the 50s. dream that's amazing <laughs> so uh north carolina you you were when when did songwriting come into the picture like middle school, probably. Okay. I think I wrote my first song when I was like five or six. But, it, you know, was it a real song? No. Right. Like, <laughs> so I didn't know what did, I was doing. did guitar playing come after the fact? Yeah, I I played piano. I started piano lessons when I was like six or seven. Okay. Against my, against my will. My mom Same. really wanted me to. <laughs> so I never like practiced or anything. And now I really regret it. I'm like, I could be so good at piano if I had practiced all those years. But, um, but now I was just like, I just want to sing. Um and then, yeah, I started doing the songwriting thing, just like singing about boys I had a crush on when I was like 11 or 12. What was the name of your first song? Do you remember? I don't remember. I don't remember. I wrote my first song when I was about 15. I remember trying to write a song when I was like 14, and I tried writing it about my Super Nintendo. Oh, my God. But naturally, <laughs> wasn't a lot to write about. The first song I wrote was called The Day Before, and it was about a girl I had a crush on named Laura. Oh, I love Laura that you Davis, remember that. If you're listening, <laughs> I still love you. This one's And for congratulations you. on getting married. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's how it goes. That's how it goes. Yeah. But songwriting fine. came into the picture because you, you felt like you had something to say. Yeah, I mean. Uh, isn't that why we all do it? I was like a shy, like when I was really little i was sassy and everything as i am when you were little now, you were sassy as i am now oh, oh <laughs> baloney bullshit here no but like i was like that when i was little and then i i got out of it like when i was like i guess in in grade school and like middle school high school i was really quiet i was like the quiet kid and were so you shy? I was yeah, like I just like would keep to myself. Like I was friends with everyone, like nice to everyone, but like I just kind of like I wasn't popular. You know what right. I mean? Which what even is popular? But what do you think it was yeah. that kind of changed that that dynamic from being a quiet girl to being a little bit more outgoing? Was it songwriting? Um, I mean, I always used that. That was how I like instead of going and talking to this boy or like this girl that was mean to me at school or something. Like I would write a song about it. That's how I. Dealt with it, and everybody's like, "Oh, she's that quiet girl that like sings," which is kind of weird. But, <laughs> but um, I don't she's know. She's just that cute dorky girl who all of a sudden is like, <laughs> "He's writing a song about." Yeah, like, but I didn't, I didn't share. Like, no one knew I wrote songs. No, not my parents. Like, no one, because I was like, "Oh, this is just something I do for me." Like, I'm not a songwriter. I never knew that was like it's something like writing you could. Poetry, you were just. It wasn't, it wasn't for other people. It was kind of a cathartic thing to get yeah. those thoughts out. Yeah. I didn't know it was something you could like get better at. I thought people were just born being like <laughs> hit songwriters. I know. Well, honestly, living in Nashville, some of the people you hear write, you're like, you were born this yeah, way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so it wasn't like until college that I started taking songwriting more seriously and like trying to learn the craft and be Where'd better you go at to college? it. college? NC State, baby. Tennessee State. NC State. Look at that. Did you study songwriting there? I studied animal science. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
Okay. So let's go. Let me rewind then. I know, Aaron. You've opened the can of worms with me. I'm I'm complicated. You did animal science. Did you want to be a veterinarian? I did. Yeah. When I was like five years old, I would tell everyone I'm going to be a singer and a vet, and I did not see anything wrong with that. I thought that was totally. You Are know, you a veterinarian now. I could be no, <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, I mean, whenever I was in high school, it was always I was always like, oh, like if I'm meant to be in music, I'll just get discovered. And no, <laughs> I realized that's not that's how, not how it happens. <laughs> but um, sorry, sorry, fans in, yeah. <laughs> in in whereverville, America, like that's not what happens. Yeah, it's not. That's not how it works. Like I auditioned for American Idol a couple times and nothing happened. So I was like, well, I guess I'm not supposed to do that. So I, <laughs> <laughs> so like I uh, applied to college and like got in at NC State in the animal science program, which was like a big deal to me. So I was like, well, this is the sign I'm supposed to. I'm supposed to do this. So. Um, so I did that and I was in choir in college and I ended up minoring Are you in an alto? music. I was a mezzo soprano. <laughs> <laughs> I was the bass two section leader when I was in college. Oh, wow. I have a very deep voice. That's amazing. I know. I, uh, I, I was quite, I was quite the choir boy. I was in a traveling acapella group. Oh my gosh. I know. I, I feel like we're acapella. getting to know each other better right now. I know. I love it. It's so fun. <laughs> Why haven't we done this before? That's really why I love doing this podcast is because for, for those of you listening, I have most of the time my friends on, people that I'm quite close with or I would consider myself close with because they've played my shows and we hang out and do all yeah. of these things. But then I get to have people like Tara on and she's like, I was going to be a veterinarian. And I'm like, well, shit, I've known you for a year and didn't know that. <laughs> everyone says that. They're like, everyone's like, oh, yeah, I wanted to be a vet. It's like, no, like I... I went to school for it. Like I was like <laughs> pre-vet was my was my track and everything. I worked at animal hospitals and stuff, but um but yeah, I just I don't know, somewhere along the way I was like I'm not completely in this and vet school's a lot. So mm-hmm. I was like if I do that, I have to It would have been a much, lot more of a commitment for your life. Yeah, and I would have basically just committed to like music being a hobby and never being a Something I could do more with, and you I don't want I didn't music want that, to be the so. fallback. Let let veterinary yeah, sciences be the exactly. fallback. Exactly. <laughs> I was like, that'll always be there. Um, That's like saying, oh, I. <laughs> I, uh, I I didn't do this thing, but I fell up onto something that's also pretty sweet. <laughs> right. And like, I don't know. It's like, I guess I thought going into college that that was the more practical thing. And then I was like, actually, this is getting into vet school is so hard you have to like have a crazy gpa like so many hours of experience so i was like either one's gonna be hard so i might as well do the one that i really want to do right yeah if both options are gonna be hard and expensive you may as well do the one that you like more yeah yeah i didn't want to like get out of vet school and then be like okay cool when when how old were you when you wrote your your first song that you played for people? Because that that's kind of that that yeah. that changing point where you realize like, oh, I kind of actually like this being in front of people thing. Um, this maybe this is like a unique thing, but the High first time age, I ever played a song that I wrote in front of people was after the summer after I graduated high school. Okay, at the Bluebird Cafe up in Mike. <laughs> wow why to throw yourself yeah wow, i heard my own accent there why why to throw yourself <laughs> to the wolves you? yeah that's awesome did you you did the monday open mic with barbara cloyd yeah Very my cool. um we were here on like a, a school trip thing and my mm-hmm. so my family was here and stuff and i knew about bluebird and the open mic so we all like called me and my parents and stuff at the same time and i got on the list and yeah that was my first time ever playing that's a awesome. song i wrote for some what, people what song did you play Oh my God. It was called, uh, I don't even remember what it was called, but it wasn't great. It was like, (laughs) like looking back now, it was just very like a, something I wrote to my boyfriend at the time about how he needed to like treat me better. (laughs) There's the subject matter has not changed. The quality of the song says I'm sure improved. (laughs) Yeah. The subject matter, unfortunately has not changed. (laughs) You would think at some point I'd be like, "Mm, maybe if I have to write a song telling them that they're treating me badly, like maybe I should just dump his ass. Yeah. Maybe I should. (laughs) We're getting there. We're getting, we're getting there. You heard it here first. Tara, don't take no shit. Yep. We're not taking shit. 2023. (laughs) Don't mess with me. So, you have been putting out music now. When when was your first single release? First single release was August 2021. Okay. The week before I moved here. Okay. Yeah. Now, why why Nashville and not any of the other big 
uh, creative <laughs> cultural hubs in in the states? Um, because it's always been Nashville. Like, has it really? Since I was like, since I knew that Nashville's where country music happened, okay. I was like, I'm gonna live there one day. Like, even when I was in college, I was <laughs> I thought about applying to, um. Like like grad school programs here and and stuff like that, just anything to get to Nashville. Anything that would get you an yeah, excuse to be here. Yeah, and then eventually I was like, why don't why do I need a excuse? Like the reason is to do the music thing. So it's an old uh, Frank Sinatra quote from New York, but uh, New York, New York. But like, if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. Yeah, and it's true. If you can make it in Nashville, you really can make it anywhere. I I love Nashville. It's a tough like, town, and that's that's why we have to be here for it. Yeah, I mean, it's like if you're not. If you're not in the game, you can't win, right? So, like, you got to be here. It makes you – somebody told me before I moved, they're like, well, it makes you better or it makes you quit. And there's only one way to find out. <laughs> I <laughs> so, love that. I've never heard that. It makes you better or it makes you quit. My producer told me that. And I was like, well, I'm going to see, I guess. <laughs> it makes you better or it makes you quit. Yeah. Inspiring words from the producer of that first single, right? Yeah, yeah. He's who I've worked with um, for all my stuff so far. Ben now, Fowler, what was the name of that song? Uh, what I'm missing was the first, the first single, just okay. a sad girl, sad girl. And uh, do you still play that song out very much, or has it kind of phased itself out? I never play that song out, and people ask me why, and I'm like, eh, it's like four minutes long. That's a that's a long song in the terms of like how fast Nashville songs come. Yeah, and, go. and it's rangy. I'm just like, eh, I'm gonna play something that's easier to sing. It's a, real hard to sing. It's. I mean, it's. I don't know. It's just a lot. It just mm-hmm. feels like a four minutes of me just being in my fields and no one else caring. <laughs> and I don't. <laughs> I quit like, playing some of my songs like that because, like, they're. It's like I have a song called "Alive" that you've never heard. It was the first single I released when I moved to Nashville, and uh, I thought this song was fantastic. And uh, it's just difficult to sing. Yeah. And I recorded it in the wrong key. I I recognize now, and definitely the wrong key. And for me to sing it now, I have to shout so high because I was still in my like recovering rock star phase where I was like, oh every song gosh. has to be sung at the top of my lungs. And tell you what, it doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I used to be like I went through a period before I before I moved here where I was like, I'm not good enough to do this because I don't have a voice like, I don't know, so and so Martina McBride or something like but everyone's voice is different and martin mcbride you know there wasn't anyone like her before she was mm-hmm. on the scene like so i'm like everyone doesn't have to be this whitney houston range like it it doesn't have to be that yeah, at like all. some of the most famous singers of all time if you look at them objectively are really not that great at right singing. yeah it's Tom all about Petty the songs, is an example like, i always like to use objectively he's got a really nasal kind of a shrill <laughs> voice but if you hear free fallen or don't back down or any of his great songs you immediately are like a yeah, good song yeah exactly it's just it's about the vibe and like it sounds really it's, cliche it's signature. But how you how you make people feel like how you deliver yourself connects with people so you mentioned martina mcbride was she one of those early songwriting influences on you she yeah i mean i remember being like eight years old and singing Broken Wing, like Independence Day, <laughs> having no idea what I was singing about. Um, right. And what what are some of those other early songwriting influences? My, I remember loving Keith Urban. I told this to everyone. I am obsessed with Keith Urban, and I remember he's the first memory I have of like sitting down with the little pamphlet and, and the CD, mm-hmm. and just like listening through to every song, looking at the lyrics, and thinking to myself, "Wow, I want to do these that. people that wrote these songs are just I could never do that. Like that's really <laughs> cool." But I remember having that kind of a moment where you realize like, oh, shoot, like this song that I love that came out of someone's brain. Yeah. Like the the art that we love is creating. It, it, it's just it wasn't. And now it is. Yeah, that's. Yeah. And it's like anyone can do it. There's mm-hmm. not a right way or a wrong way to do it. Do you do you co-write very often? I do now. I mean, when, before I moved to Nashville. Had you ever co-written before living here? I had co-written a little bit. I had come here for like a NSAI um, song camp and okay. met a few people and like Zoom wrote with them. So I was pretty. That was during 2020, right? I I was doing it before the pandemic. Really? Yeah. So to me, I had never written in person. Wow. With someone else. I before. hated Zoom rights. 
So I, I was like, this is normal to me. I, I had I struggle to focus in regular co-writes as it is. And then having the option to look at my computer at the yeah. same time as I was writing, I was like, this isn't going to happen, you guys. <laughs> a lot of people say that, yeah. The only solid co-write I had over a Zoom was my song Third Wheel in My Threesome. I wrote that with S.J. McDonald over <laughs> oh my gosh, over Zoom, saying. and I think it was like June of 2020. Wow. And I had come to that co-write with like <laughs> a lot of ideas for stuff that I... I love you, Aaron. I hear what you heard. <laughs> Tara. No. Uh, Tara. Sad. Tara. Don't put that on me. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she said. Oh, I'm sorry we had to do it. But we were writing that song, and I had gotten my first cut with her. It was a song uh, that she had had an idea for called Stop Sending Me Love Songs. And it's kind of this like dirt road kind of trench country song. And that was a real heavy kind of a rocker that she put onto her album and put out as a single. So I came to that next, right? Like with more ideas in that vein. Yeah. And that was around the time that I had started writing funny songs. Yeah. And she's like, hey, we wrote one for me last time. I want to write one for you. And I was like, oh, but like you don't really like do funny songs. She goes... I got one. Oh, like, my gosh. I was like, okay, what is it? And she says, I want to write a song called The Third Wheel in My Threesome. And I was like, that's the funniest thing I've ever heard. That's Let's amazing. write that. That's so great. I love your funny songs. I mean, I actually really love your serious songs, too. Like, the few times I've heard you do them, I'm like, oh, my God. He has, like, legit great <laughs> You're like, oh, my songs. God. Aaron writes actual music? <laughs> no. Like, no, it's all actual music. It's all creative. It's all clever and really cool. I do try. Yeah. Like I said at the beginning, go on, gas me up, girl. I'll gas you up. <laughs> I'll gas you up all day. I'm a real woman. So let's talk about the single you just put out in October of this year. Yes. So that is called Used to It. That is called Used to It. When did you write that? <laughs> Where, who did you write it with? What was the recording process like? Uh, give us some of the, the inside scoop on what the process was. So every every song that I have put out so far and or cut so far, which is not a lot of them, uh, were solo rights because they were things I wrote before moving to Nashville. Okay. And like I said, I wasn't doing a ton of co-writing before moving here. So I wrote this song um, by myself in, it was after that, it was after that trip when I was here in 2021 in like May and I played tour stop for the first time and like met you for the first time. Um, I had two of my best friends here with me. And uh, and one of them, we were like at the ho- we were staying at the Holiday Inn, and the the one above the Vanderbilt Commodore the one Grill. Commodore. Of we course, were staying that's there. the one. Yes, that has to be the one, right? You stay there so you can play the open literally, round. literally, me <laughs> come for me. Like it was, yeah. Um, so we were like in the Holiday Inn, and my friend was talking to this guy at the time, and she was like, "Oh my god, like." I'm scared that when I get back, like it's he's not gonna like me anymore, and like what's wrong with me? Like it's going well, and I don't I don't want to mess it up. And she was like, "What what's wrong with me? Like why do I feel like this?" And I was like, "Well, you're just used to it. Like you're just used to getting hurt. You're used to like things not going how you want them to. So you don't want to get used to how good it is going right now." And then I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna write a song about that." You're like, "Oh, that's that's how songs happen." Yeah. So then I wrote it like sometime after that. It's cool getting to kind of float through life like you and I as songwriters because we get to hear those things that people say and then that light bulb turns on and you're like oh that's gotta be a song it's gotta be yeah it's gotta be so one of those one of those ideas that I I had is uh is, is something I've talked about on the podcast before but have you ever had an idea that you don't feel prepared to write all the time all the time (laughs) <laughs> yeah all the time like <laughs> or you want to or you have an idea you're like i want to wait until i get like a a shall we say a notable co-write to yeah, pitch an idea yeah. like that yeah because you don't i mean if you think it's a good idea you don't want to mess it up mm-hmm. so i had an idea for a song and i'm gonna i'm gonna read some of the words here oh my that gosh. i started writing and i I didn't feel prepared for it, not because I thought that I couldn't finish writing the song. I certainly could have, but I was like, I want to wait until I'm in a room with another really good songwriter because the idea is just called uh, I Just Do. Is it a funny song? No, it is a serious song. Uh, It's called I Just Do, and it says, I don't tell my eyes to see. I don't tell my ears to hear. I know I'd do anything just to keep you here. I don't tell my heart to beat. I don't tell my lungs to breathe. But of all of the things that I've been through, 
I don't tell myself to love you. I just do. And <laughs> and I, I was like, that is some inspired writing. I pat myself on the back for it. But I was like, I'm not ready to write that because I want to take that idea to somebody because yeah. that's the kind of song I which I wouldn't want to sing that. That's not right. my that's not my brand of song. But there are people who would crush that. Yeah. Yeah. Like do you know Ryan Larkins? Oh my god, he's so good. Ryan Larkins, if you're listening to this, you are the greatest songwriter in Nashville right now. Dude, yeah. Every time I see him live, I'm like, all right, well, I'll just he, move home. He <laughs> I wrote with him one time about 3 years ago. And it was it was amazing. It was a song called Whiskey Stories and Strings. It's just about mm. like campfire things. But it was cool. And I always go back to like, holy crap, I wish I had known who I was in the room yeah. with. Because it he's one of those people that you're you just said earlier, it's like either you make it or you give up or whatever. You get better, yeah. you give up. Yeah. Ryan's one of those people that when I hear him play, I'm like, I quit. Yeah. <laughs> It may, like it's like, but that's why we move here though. Is like to be around people like that because you want to be in the room yeah. with that. And like, if you have like this creative thing like we have, which is just never gonna, mm-hmm. we're never gonna not want to create. Then like, hopefully, we use that to to want to be better. Like, okay, I'm gonna go home and instead of like crying because I'm not that good, I'm just gonna like figure out what I can do to to be a better version of, of mm-hmm. me and and my stuff. So. What is what is your songwriting process like now? Since you said that some of the music you've put out, or all of the music you've put out, has been solo writes. Yeah. What's uh What's the process like now, and how has it changed from when you uh, moved here? It's a lot of what you were just saying about like how you know you you don't you want to wait until you know the right person to take an idea to. I feel like that's just how we all are right. in Nashville. Like, and I think that's part of a skill set is like learning who is this idea going to be best with? Like, who can bring this out the best? Is this a song that's for me? Is this a song that's for them? Like, are we just trying to write the best song we can write? Which is what we're all trying to do usually. But but yeah, so it's usually I get ideas like all the time. And, you know, got the running list in my notes app like we all do. And uh, I'll that's just... That's a question that I think uh, a lot of songwriters don't realize is a question. And I certainly didn't when I moved here was... Uh, you move here being like, oh, I'm going to write music and I'm going to put out songs. I'm going to tour and yada, yada, yada. But you might not realize that some of these songs you're writing might not be right for you, but they might be right for another person. Yeah. And that's why I don't want to get pigeonholed into just like trying to write everything to be a, a funny song because I could probably figure out a way to twist. I just do into a funny thing. <laughs> but it's like I don't want to do that idea a disservice by trying right. to force it into a, a mold that isn't what it should be yeah and that's like a wisdom that just comes with being here and like being around these people Mm -hmm. that are so so talented and have just been like grinding and doing it longer than you have like it's it opens your eyes to to different ways to do things it's learning and growing into the next thing yeah well hey let's take a quick break and uh we killed the commercial message for now but we're gonna take a quick break we're gonna grab some water and we'll come right back with the Nashville Tour Stop Podcast. And we're back with the Nashville Tour Stop Podcast. Across the table from me today is Tara, uh, one of the only single name guests we've ever had. And yes. see, it's it's pretty ballsy going by a uh, a single name because it's like Cher, Bono, Madonna, see? Tara. Yeah, exactly. That's what I try to give people. I'm like Beyonce. No one questions it. No one questions it. That's she is Beyonce. She is Rihanna. Yeah, she is Tara. Exactly. Exactly. It's only because it's spelled weird, and so like, it's the same front words as it is backwards. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could have been like, wait, what? Um, (laughs) it's funny because I, I do doing what I do with shows. I meet so many people using like special artist names. I did have one person who just wanted to go by Alex. Like that's not quite signature enough. Is it spelled different? It's like, it's like A L E X. He was just like, I'm Alex. And I was like, Alex, what? He goes, no, just Alex. It's like, (laughs) what if it was just, what if he called himself just Alex? That's a 
That's better. That's better. Yeah. I'd, I'd be, I'd be like, that's just Alex. And uh, there's a songwriter here in town named Robert Daniels. Do you know Robert yeah, Daniels? Yeah, yeah. He's Wonderful guy. But uh, shout out Robert Daniels. But in all of his shows, he starts his first song playing a little bit underneath him, and he's like, "Hey, everybody, my name is Robert Daniels." And then he plays his song. Cool. And then at the very end, he starts his last song saying, "Well, I'm still Robert Daniels." Oh my and, god! And then that's his Instagram handle. He's I, like, "I'm still Robert Daniels." So I'm I just Alex that. would be a pretty good one. I'm just Alex. Yeah. I actually kind of like that for a band name. Yeah, that's really. I'm cool. taking it. Okay, write it down. <laughs> write it down right now. So I'm just Alex, and people are like, "Oh, is your name Alex?" And be like, "No, it's Aaron." I'm like, why are you just Alex? And be like, "I'm just." Alex. That's the point. That's the you point. don't see it coming. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you put out uh, "Used to It" in October of this year, yes. but uh, let's let's go back a little bit before uh, "Used to It" came out, and let's talk about "Tabs on You." Yeah. That's another song. Uh, <laughs> Tara is actually the winner of the NSAI Song Contest in March of 2022 this year. Uh, what was that like? Because I know they do these song contests on some kind of a regular basis, quarterly, yearly, something like that. Uh, what was that like? Yeah, they do it. They do it yearly. And I, um, it's kind of a long story. Like, do you want the short version? Like, we, we have as literally as long <laughs> as you want. Well, the kind of long, long version. version is that when I was still in college at NC State, I had one semester of college left, and I was at that point where I was like, I really want to do this music thing and not, like, do the vet thing or, like, whatever. Um, And I knew about NSAI. I had heard of it from someone else in North Carolina. Yeah, tell us what NSAI is, because I know there's – I know what it is, but I know there's a lot of people listening who might not. So can you give us a a little short version of what NSAI is? It is the Nashville Songwriters Association International, and basically they just um, help – Give songwriters like resources, learning about the craft, like learning about what publishing is and like how got you can writers rooms. And yeah. They do writers get togethers and all things like that. Right. Like help you understand like how you can make a career as a songwriter if that's what you want to do or if you just want to do it as a hobby. Like they are there for that, too. But um, and they also advocate for for songwriters. They've done a lot with like Congress, actually, like trying to get songwriters paid more mm-hmm. by spotify and things like that so it's pretty cool it's a good organization to get plugged into especially if you're fresh in town just yeah. because of how like you'll you'll be around people just like you who are brand new to town and are still all also looking to learn yeah definitely they'll they've connected me like before with writers like their reps will be like oh hey like um i think you would write well with this other member that we have or whatever so so if you're a writer, like definitely get involved with it. Um, but I, think I it's nsai.org is their website I, I think, or dot com or like nashvillesongwriters.com or something maybe. Yeah, so the NSAI organization is a great thing to get plugged into, but how did the how did the song contest come into the picture? What what made you think like, "Oh, I'm just going to submit a song?" I mean, I had I had just put out um my first two singles and just moved to Nashville and I had never entered the contest before because I never had like, I guess I had work tapes and stuff, but I never had anything that I really was that proud of, I guess, that I wanted to submit. Um, and I just thought, well, I have these songs that are like fully produced, which you can enter the contest with a work tape. It doesn't matter. But I just thought these are produced like they they sound good, whatever. I put them out. So why not enter like just for fun? Um, and it was like 30 bucks a song to enter, something like that. And I was like, well, whatever, like, because regardless of what, if you anything happens with it, they give you some feedback on the songs, like the people that judge it. So I was like, okay, like, they'll tell me if I suck or not, like, you know, and, uh, and then I found out several months later that it was like a finalist in the top 10. That's one hell of an ego boost. Yeah, I, well, I was just like, I mean, you're like, I don't suck. It wasn't, it wasn't like, I mean, I didn't think that I sucked, but like, you know what I mean? Like it wasn't It's validating like, to know that the work you're doing is working. I was shocked more than anything because like, I mean, to some people, NSAI might not be this big, but to me. Did you have to be a member of NSAI to submit? I don't think, I don't think you have to be. Um, I think it's like cheaper if okay. you are a member. But to me, like NSAI was the thing in 2019, whenever I was still in, in school, I decided to come here for one of their songwriting camps. And I was like, like, I just told my mom, I was like, yeah, I want to do this. Like, come with me to Nashville. So I go to this camp. <laughs> and that was when I was like, okay, I'm going to go to this camp. I'm going to find out if I suck or not. And if I 
suck. <laughs> I'm going to give up and I'm going to like. That's candid. And I'm going to like do something animal related. Um, and if sing I don't suck, songs, I'm going to do this. Sing songs to dogs. Basically. Yeah. That's it. That's the real dream. That's actually, that sounds pretty great. <laughs> yeah. That's the actual dream. Um, but so I came and, and it was really cool. Like they were really helpful all those resources like I said it opened my eyes up to the Nashville community like that was my first real exposure to the songwriting community in Nashville and I was like okay these are my people like this is where I want to be I I, yeah like that's it like I'm doing this so then to like not even whatever almost three years later I guess have them recognize my song as like it's quality work yeah I was like wait what like just a couple years ago I was asking you people to tell me if I should like (laughs) give up on something because I was like I'm not ever gonna be good enough to be a songwriter I mean it's just this thing that I think as creatives we all deal with like imposter syndrome and the the crippling anxiety of why am I doing this yeah yeah like I want to do this I have this dream like I don't know I'm not crazy but like do other people think I'm crazy and and just learning to let go of that and learning not to care like what other people don't think Don't worry I didn't need imposter syndrome my family asked why would you do it <laughs> They 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 were the go imposter ahead, syndrome for me when I told my family I was going to move here they're like why would you move to Nashville I was like to pursue music they're like yeah but why you I'm like oh my gosh like oh because I like it. It's like, so I didn't have to have imposter syndrome myself. My family just didn't believe in me. <laughs> oh my gosh. I feel like Suck we need it, to like, I made it now. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I got almost a hundred streams on one of my singles. <laughs> Take that. Take that. No, seriously. I mean, you have to be that way. Like my, my family luckily has are, are, always been supportive. Um, but my parents were a little bit like when I was, about to graduate college and I was like, yeah. So they want you they want you to do the whole like safe right secure exactly. health insurance thing. Yeah. They're like, what do you mean you're gonna move to Nashville and be a songwriter? I'm like, um like that's exactly what I mean. Like and yeah. they just were like my dad especially was just really scared of all that. He was like, You don't know what you're doing. Like you need to get a real job and all this well, stuff. Well, spoiler alert, Dad. I still don't know <laughs> what I'm doing. Yeah, spoiler alert, Dad. I'm almost 30, and I still wake up every day like, what the hell am I doing? I don't think... It never gets easier. Yeah, I don't think that gets easier. I remember being 18 and looking at 30-year-olds and like, wow, you're like, <laughs> you're grown up. you like, you can rent a car. Oh and I've been able to rent a car for a while, and you know what I've never done? Rent rented a car. A car. <laughs> Oh my God. Oh my God. That's so funny. It's so true though. Like, I don't know. You just have to have that radical belief in yourself. It sounds really silly, but it's, it's but you true. Do, you do have to have that. Yeah. And like, but it, it does feel good whenever you have that and you're like, okay, like, I know I'm not crazy. Like, I know I like can do this, you know? And then for someone, something like NSAI that's right. obviously respected and, and knows what they're talking about. Um, and says like the yeah, little you victories do. will float you for a long time. Yeah, definitely. Like I mean, I've I've tried to use the uh, winning the contest as like something to give me momentum, propel me right. Um, in the right direction. Yeah, it's it's those little things that'll float you because uh, I have to look at it from the perspective of uh, doing so many shows all the time for Nashville Tour Stop. I mean, right now we do. a minimum of three shows a week sometimes four and occasionally five but uh i really do have to remember that like okay every show can't be awesome a hundred percent of the time like that's why the big shows like when we sell out the listening room or when we have these big cool shows at tin roof broadway or the basement and all of our friends show up it's like they do care they do want to be part of it but it's like we can't be at everything all the time. Right. And when – like last night, we're recording this the day after the CMA Awards. Our show last night was dead. And it's because the most famous people in Nashville <laughs> were all performing down yeah. the street. Yeah. And you just have to remind yourself that even, yeah, tonight's quiet. The next one might be good. The next one might be great. So that way eventually that next one when you do sell out the venue – that floats you. You feel great. And it re- reaffirms the fact that, like, we're here for a reason. Yeah, I think, I mean, you have to hold on to those little things. Because if you don't, like, yeah, you're just going to always, there's always going to be someone 
especially in Nashville, there's always someone that's doing something way cooler. There's <laughs> always there's always someone that's like way better. I mean, that's just that's just the name of the game. But I think it's just learning, which is something that I've I've really been trying to learn this year. Is like, you know, it can be overwhelming, but just trying to focus on what I'm here to do and like being the best, the best Tara, the best like songwriter I can be. Like not trying to be like caught up in what everyone else is doing because. I talked to Kaylee Steffel on our previous episode about a similar thing about how even if somebody else has these things happening and cool, you did a big show, you had a great single, anything like that, it doesn't it doesn't discount the fact that the successes you've had at this point in your career are it doesn't mean those aren't important. Yeah. And we have to remind ourselves that every step we're making is still a step forward as long as you believe that it's a step forward yeah no really like as long as you don't stop like when you stop like that's whenever you've failed because like i I think about that because i look at where tour stop started five years ago and where i'm at now we're in a we're in a padded podcast studio with a neon sign of the logo and we've 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 got like a belmont intern program thanks will shout out will (laughs) but we've got so it's come so far that Personally, sometimes my my anxiety will be like, oh, but like these bigger shows are doing cool things with famous people. And I'm like, well, I'm still doing cool things with my people. Yeah. That doesn't mean that it's not cool. And I know what you said about like, oh, like no one's at this show or that show, like whatever. But no one, I mean, as someone who's like goes to tour stop, like plays it sometimes, no one else is thinking of it like that. We're just happy to have somewhere to play. Like we're just happy to have like a cool friend that supports us and like and like again I I knew about Tour Stop before I moved here and I was like oh my god like Tour Stop's really cool and and yeah like you weren't doing as much as you are now but I still thought it was really dope so like <laughs> we can all get in our own heads and think like oh I'm like no one or I'm not I'm not like I'm doing anything cool because I'm not at X level but like someone else thinks that you're like the goal or the dream you yeah. know and that was really when I kind of started feeling like I was I was making progress was when I paid my rent for the first time with money that I had made doing my tour stop shows. And I I remember because I every year I take a, a pen and paper and I write down my goals for what I actually want to accomplish yeah. that year. Yeah. I went back to my to my journal that year for 2018, the year that tour stop started. And it said that I wanted to pay my rent using money that I made from music. Yeah. And it, it almost made me cry realizing like I did it yeah like, i mean it's progress it's so much i think it's just human nature it's so much easier to look at the things that you haven't done right mm-hmm. but like when you look at stuff like that it's like wow okay i've actually i've actually done stuff like me two years ago or three years ago whatever this is what i was dreaming about doing and yeah and I'm you're doing living it. your like, actual dream right now yeah exactly and that's unironically when people say like the the journey's the destination or whatever. I mean, it's true. true. There's a reason why these cliches are cliches. Shout out Kiernan. <laughs> <laughs> there's a uh, there's a Jason Mraz album called Yes, which is uh, or it's I believe it's called Yes, but he does uh, album commentary before each of the songs on like the extended version, and he, there's a whole uh, commentary about that exact thing because everyone wants to be playing at Nissan Stadium, but Thinking about it from the perspective of, okay, cool, you're playing at Nissan Stadium. Think about the documentary series that someone would make about you. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants the, – the movie is over when you get on stage <laughs> at the stadium. Yeah. The interesting part is the story of getting there. Right. And these people who sometimes super skyrocket to stardom, that's not interesting. Yeah. How did you get famous? Oh, well, I, I was famous on TikTok and now I'm famous. You're like – Cool. Neat. That's not interesting. I mean, it is cool, but – it's cool if you use it and you and you like keep work. You know, it's like we all just have to grab whatever comes at us as like, okay, this is my thing that's going to help me get to the next thing. Yeah. So like when thing. when you have your first big hit, you're going to look back at the times when you were playing your your cover gigs for sixteen dollars. Right. Hope on a good day. Like <laughs> those those are the gigs that you're going to look back and look kind of fondly at because he got you to where you were. Yeah. Yeah. You learn something like every day in this town and in this business. And well, let's talk about what's coming up for Tara. There's a new single coming and uh, I I have it written down, but 
uh, tell us uh, tell us what's coming. Tell us what's uh, tell us what's in the future. Yeah, so I've got a few things out now, um, but I've got another single that that I've that I've cut that's gonna be out sometime in January, hopefully. Um, it's called Callie, and it is just a sad girl. Sad girl song. We, 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 we did have to talk about it off mic. It is not Callie a name. It is Callie the state. But that's uh, there. It's a it's a the play on words like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So well, that was a weird sound I just made. <laughs> that was a great sound. <laughs> so uh, who produced Callie? Uh, the same guy that I've been working with. Ben Fowler is his name. Shout out. Shout out. He's amazing. Yeah. So. It's so really cool. are you playing uh, any of the instruments on the record or are you just singing? Um, God, no. Okay. I could not like dream of being that talented. <laughs> I, um, again, should have practiced piano all those years, but I didn't. Sorry, mom. Are you doing the rhythm guitar on it at all? No. Okay. Like I am a very immature guitar player. I just like <laughs> to sing and write songs. Like, yeah. But, um, but no, like these studio musicians, they're just, it blows me away. Like, Whenever you have a song idea, or like you've written the song, but it's just you and your guitar, or like whatever your little lick ideas and stuff, and and you give it to them, and they just like they get it, they get they it, cl- they click in. Yeah, you literally don't have to like. It's like another language. It's like another dimension. Watching a studio, uh, a pro studio musician yeah. play is, it's it hurts because when I moved to Nashville from Columbia, Missouri, I was one of the best guitar players in my town. Like you're a great guitar player. I I was one of the best guitar players in my town, and when I moved here, I I quit talking so loud because I realized like holy shit, the level of talent in this town is unreal. It yeah, it's insane. It's the best musicians in the world, and it's like it's they so humbling here. to like have those kind of people playing your music or mm-hmm. like or just even being in the same room as them. It's just like whoa, I don't. How did I get here? Yep. And it's those kind of things like we were talking about that's like, like, yeah, I'm not, you know, some big major artist that's uh, that's got all this money coming, coming my way to help me fund a project like that. But like, I'm still making it happen for myself somehow. And you got you to gotta take those experiences for what they are and, mm-hmm. and hold on to that, that joy that you get from being around those people. Well, uh, We'll we'll keep people in the loop about Callie when that's when that's ready. When you have a pre-save, let me know. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited about it. It's the most personal song I think that I've um, put out so far, and I wrote it again like over a year ago. But was this another solo? Right? It was another solo, right? And this one I never thought I would put out. Okay. I thought it was just like why, a, why not? Because it was a therapeutic thing. I was I was dating this guy who was moving to California. And I remember like getting this idea for the song and kind of writing most of it while he was on a trip there to visit like where he was going to live and stuff. And um, and it was just my way of coping with that situation. Like and I started playing it out a little bit thinking like no one's ever going to relate to this. But I really think whenever you're whenever you're authentic and you're you're just really honest about whatever's going on in your life, like people gravitate to that they find their own story people can hear the truth and they 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 want to relate yeah yeah exactly it's that's what music's all about like the human connection the human experience make someone feel something yeah well tara thank you for being on the podcast today can you give us your plugs tell people where they can find you uh i know you do shows around town all the time tell people where they might be able to watch you where they can find your calendars where you're playing yeah. Give us your plugs. All my stuff is uh, Tara, T-A-R-R-A-H, Tara.music is all my like Instagram, TikTok, Facebook handles. Um, the website is TaraMusic.com. And uh, yeah, you can find all my all my shows on the website or I usually post on Instagram wherever I'm playing. Um, just all over, all over town, like Broadway, wherever, wherever you I can. You have gigs quite often. Yeah, just trying to do the thing. Do you but have a regular day job? I do not. Look at I you. You made it. Okay, yes. But, uh, and that's one of those things like we were saying. Like, when I think about that, I'm like, I dreamed about doing music Playing full music time. Playing music full time. Yeah. You did it. I mean, hopefully. You're living it's, the dream someone else is only thinking about. Yeah. I, I hope that it's just going to, like, continue to, to grow exponentially, you know? But, um, but yeah, it's. 
it's been fun so far. So yeah, yeah. everybody can follow me and, and see where I'm going to be playing. Follow Tara.music on your socials. Now, I want to ask you one more thing that uh, I may know the answer to as a country music fan, but are there any specific places that you'd like to play in your career? Um, Yeah, it's like the, the, the same. Dreams. It's Yeah, I mean, the Opry is like, come on. That's that's the like that's the end all be all. The Ryman, I mean, that is. Are there any like North Carolina places back in your hometown that wouldn't be special to play at? Um, I mean, it would be really cool to to like one day, like a dream would be like to headline um like some big festivals back home and stuff that I grew up going to as a kid. That would be super cool, or like just to play um in Raleigh where I used to go to concerts. And like get those lawn tickets, you know, like that would be that would be super cool. <laughs> be on those big festivals to be stages. on the other side of it and stuff. Yeah. So one one day. One day. Yeah. We'll do tour stop at the Ryman. I'll have you come up. And do oh it. my gosh, <laughs> tour stop at the Ryman. That you that better be a goal of yours. That better be something you got written down somewhere. We're working on some things. <laughs> oh, okay. we're working on some things. But y'all, thank you so much for being here today. Uh, I would like to remind you: follow us on your podcast platforms and uh, leave us a five star review. It's so important to uh, all of you who are listening that that you tell people you like it because clearly people are listening for the first time in my life. I'm doing something that people actually enjoy. Woohoo! Woohoo! Stop. Pat my I'll pat myself on the back. <laughs> But uh, uh, the announcement, it is not ready yet, but I'll go ahead and do the soft announcement. We're going to launch a Patreon for our podcast. Uh, there's going to be four different levels of involvement. They'll each offer something different, uh, uh, however you'd like to be involved. And uh, it's not quite ready yet. We're getting all of the bonus content recorded now. And uh, I'll make a big formal announcement on all of our social medias and here on the podcast when it's ready. But uh, get ready because it's it's going to be it's going to be here soon and probably sooner than I think it is. Just kind of like all the rest of my stuff in my life. But who knows? <laughs> uh, keep your eyes and your ears peeled for the Patreon for Nashville Tour Stop. In the meantime, if you'd like to follow me personally, you can check me out on Instagram and TikTok at the Aaron Shilb. Uh, I don't really post on my personal account, but you can see the things that I have done, maybe. More importantly, you can follow us at Nashville Tour Stop on all of your social media platforms. Check us out at NashvilleTourStop.com on the web. You can find all of our merchandise available there. You can find our full events calendar. We have live shows at the moment. This is uh, November 2022, the year of our Lord, Blake Shelton. And we have shows Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday nights every week right now. And uh, those show schedules are pretty set, but every now and then we have pop-up shows everywhere else, and we just have ourselves a good old time. So remember, even though we are out of time for today, do remember that all roads lead right back here to the Nashville Tour Stop. Yeehaw, motherfucker!